The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... It's a late rally on Wall Street. It's too big to fail. Grow the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I am your host, Nick Antonucci, uh, research analyst, joined today by Jared McKenzie and KC Smith, both from our planning department. Both of you guys have the CFP designation, so you will be our financial planning experts on the show. And KC, like myself, a SEPA, so we'll get into a little bit of exit planning conversations uh, later in the show, as we as we tend to do when either of us is on here. This is, Don't get too excited. It is exciting <laughs> hold, hold stuff. yourself. Yeah. Contain yourself. It's a hot topic these days, though. It really it is. is. It is. It's a big topic. It's created a lot of conversation. I know after the last show, y'all did uh, touching on that, right? You got some good feedback. We did, and you know, it's it's a new line of business for us. Um, but as we've started advertising it, you're absolutely right. It, it has garnered a lot of interest. There are a lot of business owners out there, you know, some that are clients, some that are, I mean, plenty that aren't. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, with baby boomers entering that age where it's time to either, you know, decide, am I going to sell my business? Am I going to pass it along? So yeah. we'll dive into that. You kind of your exit options here later in the show. But uh, guys, it's been another wild week in the markets. Volatility, certainly not gone away yet. And I'm not so sure that it's going to be uh, anytime soon. Yeah. The big news for the week, we had the dreaded yield curve inversion. Now, We've had some inversion like in the yield curves. You can play over I that. know, right? I, I wish we did. That would have been a good thing to prep. Um, Should I yell sell as loud as I can into the microphone? Pull the bill like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, but we've had some some inversion in the yield curve, the 10-year the uh, minus the three-month for uh, several months now yeah. since May. Um, this is but just finally, the, this is kind of the big signal that people rely on, right. the 10-year minus two. So mm-hmm. uh, for some time on, I think it was uh, on Monday morning, uh, it might have been Tuesday, you had the uh, two-year bond yielding more than a 10-year bond. Yep. So if you think about that, if you if you look at interest rates, bond yields, it's kind of a component of inflation and growth expectations. Yep. So if you're telling me in two years it, you're getting more than 10 years, that means mm-hmm. that growth expectations for the longer term are going to be yeah, quite limited, irrational. which is, is not – Right. Huge news to us. We know kind of the economy is starting to slow a bit. Yeah, we've been um, seeing signs uh, outside of the yield curve, other indicators that we look at um, that have been pointing in the direction of a potential slowdown. For sure. Um, you know, not necessarily any guarantee that we're going into a recession, although the yield curve has been a pretty good indicator over the years. Yeah, so if you go back to 1978, this is a uh, Credit Suisse study. If you go back to 1978, the last – Five, two minus 10 inversions that we just talked about have eventually, have eventually led to recessions. Okay, well, eventually, sure, it's going to happen at some point. But a recession occurs on average within 22 months following a 2 to 10 inversion. So okay. that could mean that we have almost two more years of, of economic growth and, and great times before that happens. you got to keep in mind, too, though, that the economy <laughs> is not the stock market. It is not. So, exactly. you know, when you have, talk about a recession, by definition, you're talking about two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, right? Yes. So stock market uh, generally will precede a recession, you know, will, will usually come down. It's a, it's a leading indicator. The stock market typically declines before you actually have a recession. Right. 
So just because we're 22 months on average away, once you have the two and 10 inversion, doesn't mean the market won't continue to decline from here. Maybe we're already at the top. Sure. And if, if so, if you kind of, we said when a recession occurs, now if you look at the stock market, it's not until about 18 months after inversion when the stock market usually turns and posts negative returns. But, you know, referencing the yield curve, you have a lot of these pundits come out and say, oh, well, well this time's not like the last. Well, it's never, the, it's yeah. never like the last time. Yeah. The t times are constantly changing. No two situations are exactly the same. So I, I hate that, that that continues to be brought up. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. monetary policy is different than it's ever been 100%. in the history of the world. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of folks, too, coming off the last recession, like that's the most recent memory we have of the And those the are last. vivid memories. Yeah, like that, exactly. that was a, a so significant recession. It that was a hard like recession. Clients, I mean, for a lot of folks now, when you think about a recession, that because that's the most recent memory we have of one, that that's, that's what this means. Well, not necessarily. I mean, like Casey said, a recession does not necessarily mean a drastic decline in the stock market. Uh, it's probably not going to bode well for the stock market, but that doesn't mean we're going to see another 50% plus decline sure. like we did during the financial crisis. Yeah, the market is cyclical. I mean, you're going to get these cycles of, of you know robust growth followed by a, a bit of a decline. It, overall, in general, it's a healthy thing. Uh, it it kind of helps keep the economy more stable, make sure that valuations are reset, expectations are reset so that you don't end up in a bubble scenario. We might be in a bubble now in certain areas, but uh, it certainly doesn't feel like 2008. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that for sure. So if you look at mar what markets have done this week alone, we're down about 3% on the S&P 500. Uh, a lot of that comes from so, Wednesday alone. The Wednesday alone, the S&P mm -hmm. was down, I think, 2.95. NASDAQ was down just over 3%. And it's been an, an, a crazy week. As I mentioned, you go back to, to previous Friday, um, that, that would have been, what, like the 7th or the the, mm -hmm. the 9th, I think. Yeah. yeah. The S&P closed down 70 basis points, so 0.7%. Monday, we lost another one and a quarter percent. Tuesday, we bounced one and a half percent higher. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday, we were down 3%. Now, time of this recording is Thursday. Markets kind of been hovering around flattish today, yeah, up slightly. Um, so not a, not a big move today. But within um, one week, we had two of the, the worst days of 2019, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, that was a big, big week that has uh, been pretty meaningful. But Absolutely. Vol volatility is certainly back. So if you look, it's no surprise if you look at sector performance over this one-week period when the S&P 500 has lost 3%. Utilities, staples, real estate, and healthcare, your top four performing sectors. Only one sector positive, and that's utilities. Mm -hmm. Not a big shock there. So your more cyclical stuff, energies. Just absolutely sold off. Energy prices are getting crushed. Energy's down six percent for the week. Materials down four and a third. Same thing with industrials, financials, um, and you know, it goes on. You know the most cyclical things at the bottom there um, for the week. And that's what you would expect to see. I mean, and that's you know we've been positioning at, at Hensler to for our clients to be a bit more defensive for a while now. You know, trying to make sure that the portfolio is constructed. In the case we do have uh, some rough waters ahead, then. We want to make sure that that we're heavily, more heavily invested in those sectors that are less volatile and less invested in the the more volatile. Sure, and and you know you say if there's rough waters ahead, and, and I think our collective opinions are that there is. There's there are rough times ahead, but as you said, it's to be expected. The economy's cyclical, so yep. we have to face the facts that at some point things are going to turn. And I mean, let's just look what's going on, not just domestically, but Abroad as well. Domestically, you're starting to see manufacturing really slow down, right? Consumer confidence is holding up. You have uh, the the job situation continuing to look good. 
Um, you're seeing some wage growth. Um, but then you have the Fed, who in August, for the first time since the recession, cut interest rates. Yeah. So it's – and if, if you talk Fed, you talk about the Fed's dual mandate. It's, un, it's employment and it's inflation, right, to manage those mm-hmm. two things. We just said the jobs picture looks good. Yep. Inflation, it's picking up. And now some of that could be due to, uh, you know, the tariffs and the trade war with China. Yeah, sure. Um, but you have inflation, if you look at the CPI, which was released this week, year-over-year inflation's at 2%. If you look at the core, it's 2.2%, which around 2% is the Fed's target. Now, they use the PCE, which is only at 1.6%. Um, but inflation is picking up. So is that something we need to be worried about, Nick? Because worst case scenario here, you get inflation and then so you're, we go you're into talking about stagflation. stagflation. Yeah, um, I, mean, it, it, I think it's probably on everyone's mind. You would expect that um, with the Fed, the Fed is in a difficult position, right? Because on the one hand, inflation has been low over the past several years. I mean, we haven't had much inflation no. at all. Um, we would have expected to see inflation with the unemployment situation being as good as it is, as low as it is. Um, typically what happens is when there's low unemployment, employers have to pay their employees more. It, it, we saw wage growth really pick up very late in the cycle, which right. I think is a little bit different. I mean, even so, you have wage growth that's probably, uh, I don't know the exact number, 25 3% maybe. Right. So even if you go at that two and a half percent in real terms, it's thirty it's basis point. It's not significant. Right. If you have inflation at two point two percent and let's just say wage growth is two and a half percent, then you have real wage growth of just point three percent. Right. So I mean and, and as you mentioned, the tariffs and the trade war is, is uh continuing to escalate and that's not helping prices either, obviously. Uh you have riots in Hong Kong or protests in Hong Kong, not maybe not Riot isn't the, the correct term yet. Mm-hmm. But now you have these, these, like these kind of activists <laughs> coming out. There's an activist who came out. I was reading an article today who is encouraging, encouraging everyone to make a run on the banks there in Hong Kong. Like, yeah. Well, and, and look, you know, as, as much as we're worried about the economy domestically and things that are happening here, you got to know that the Chinese are, are sweating what's going on. They've seen their industrial production fall to the lowest levels in 2002, I think I read. Yeah. Since 2002. So, I mean, that's a long time. Um, and if you're, if they're having, uh, if we're concerned about a slowdown, they're certainly concerned about a slowdown. Well, it's people always talk about, oh, it's going to hurt China far more than the U.S. This isn't 30 years ago. Yeah. Everyone's so it's intertwined connected. now mm-hmm. that you can't have a, a, a bad situation in China that doesn't spill over. Oh, it's absolutely going to bleed into up. the U.S. We're going to feel some pain too. Uh, you know, maybe not as much, but we're definitely going to feel some pain. All right, guys, let's shift gears again here. Um, get back to talking about the global economy. So I didn't want to just leave leave off uh, where we were without talking about kind of what's going on in Europe. You know, we've mentioned the, the, the yield curve inversion. Um, obviously, the ongoing uh, trade war with China. Uh, it seems every week it changes slightly. Personally, for me, I don't think anything really changes. And maybe the market's finally starting to move a little bit less to uh, these the headlines rhetoric. of talks yeah I was the just rhetoric. about to say that's all that's really changing is because the bottom line thus far aside from some of the tariffs hitting the bottom line are not really there's not been any meaningful impact no it's we have just, a great graphic downstairs in the research department it's like uh positive comments made about uh, toward a trade deal getting done market rallies and it's like nothing happens 
Market declines. Yeah. Yep. Positive comments made. It's it's just well, we, it's so, we talk about this all the so time circular. with the market and uh, market hates uncertainty, right? And that's all that's going on here. Is that and that we is, don't know what's going to happen. How are companies supposed to? And manufacturing companies supposed to invest their capital? Right. There's and it's it goes beyond China. I mean, yeah. you look uh, across to Europe. You have Brexit. Who knows what happens with the Brexit? Mm-hmm. Right. Then you have the world's fourth and fifth largest economies that are in contraction in the second quarter. Both Germany and the UK yeah. were in contraction, yeah. so they are one quarter away from truly being in a recession. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, are the fourth are, and fifth uh, largest economies in Germany. Negative, and the ECB is already making comments that are that are you know members of the ECB are coming out saying whatever you think is going to happen at the next meeting, it's going to be even more dovish, more accommodative. Yeah. So I, whether that's QE and cutting rates and, and cutting, mm-hmm. yeah, cutting you have rates, negative inter- like negative. the whole. The yeah. whole yield curves. I still don't understand the negative. whole concept of negative, negative yield. I mean, how, well, it's, I'm going to give you if, a if, dollar, if, and you're going to give me back 90 cents in a couple of years. I, I forget where it was. There's a country in Europe that has negative mortgage rates, where basically saw that your your uh, principal, yeah, your, your principal. Uh, oh, it's Denmark. Denmark. Your your principal declines every month, so you're going to make your regular yeah. payment with interest, but it. Well, the, what I what I was reading about that was that the rate is basically uh, after after all of the cost and fees or whatever you're effectively paying zero. So you have a zero sure. interest mortgage. Mm-hmm. Where do I sign? I want to go buy some property <laughs> in Denmark. Yeah, I don't right? have to pay is money to borrow to money. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. How do they make a profit then? How much can I can will you let me have? Yeah. Take it all. Exactly. Well, these negative. <laughs> I mean, that that's a lot of it. At least in this country, has got to do with the institutional money. You know, like we were talking about the other day, some of these parameters that pension funds, endowment funds, and the like have right. to operate within makes that a more sensible thing for them. Whereas individuals, you know, at least for the most part, are not going to find that acceptable and, and tend to stay away from that thing. But hopefully, uh, you know, it starts to turn around a bit because that is not a very rational. And really, when you see those rates move even lower. It's affecting us here because you're seeing capital flow to U.S. Treasuries because if you're telling me I can have a negative yield on a 10-year bond in mm-hmm. basically anywhere in Europe yep. or I can bring my money to the States and get 1.6%, 1.5 something where the 10 years at right now, I'm, you know, you're going to see demand flood into the into U.S. Treasuries. It's only gonna that demand sends the price up and the yields are going to move lower and lower. Further. Right. Yeah, we're already so, dealing with a strong dollar. It's getting stronger by the day, it seems, and uh, that's not going to help domestic, you know, manufacturers, producers, things like that. So there's some headwinds ahead for sure, and and a lot of it's coming from international, but it's going to bleed over into our economy, okay. even though we're relatively strong at this point. Um, Back know, to the cleanest some, shirt and the dirty laundry. Right, exactly. The, the uh, earnings expectations are, are low have, single digits have been reduced significantly. Yeah, it's just it's like finding that catalyst. So even if a trade deal gets done, I am personally not convinced that that moves the needle as much as the market has acted like it will with with just you know these promises of us getting closer to getting a deal done. Right. Um, I don't know what the catalyst is for earnings going forward. The tax you know benefit is. That that has run its yeah, course it's, at this point. That's baked in now. So yeah, I don't know. Probably a decent time for us to take a quick break, um, pay some bills, and we come back. We'll get into some uh, exit planning topics as well. You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. 
All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.